Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. Listen to Classroom DNA with Miss Phyllis Alston. This one-half-hour show is designed especially for parents, but it's for anyone who wants to ensure that each child reaches their full potential. Classroom DNA is on the air every Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, tune into our perspective, Thoughts from a New Generation, with Ms. Naila Ogo. Our perspective is on every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. This weekly show offers its listeners a chance to hear impactful topics from America's next generation. Also join special media correspondent James Ogle on our perspective for a monthly segment on personal power and what it takes to be successful. Interested in being a broadcaster? Or would you like to sponsor one of our shows? Give us a call at 773-609-2226. That's 773-609-2226. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, executive producer. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. Thank you for joining us. This is Damaged Daughters, Surviving the Biological Bitch. Hello, my sisters. Today we have a guest that is going to share a very interesting story with us. So, guest, tell us a bit about your life. Should I start from when I was growing up? That helps. I remember growing up as a child, but I do not remember my parents, either my mother or my father, ever telling me that they loved me. I never heard the word love. It was almost like everything was expected of you to do things, perform well in school, but the kudos were never there. And that was uh, a bit disturbing, I suppose, as a child because you need some reinforcement, some positive reinforcement from one or both of your parents. Right. Not only did I never hear the word love, but there was never any demonstrating of affection. They weren't very affectionate. Wow. So your mother, tell me about her. She came to this country when she was six months old. She was born in Italy, where she did not speak the language. Her parents were immigrants. Um, She came from a family of three. She had a brother and a sister. But again, I never remember the word love or all that affection. It was a very stunted family structure. Not like I see children today and everyone saying, I love you in return. Even friends might say, I love you when we talk on the telephone. The warmth was lacking. It was almost dysfunctional when it came to love and affection. And was she that way with you and your siblings or just with you? Predominantly with me, I think because I was the eldest and so much was expected of me. However, in retrospect, I did not take after her either in appearance or personality. She was short and petite. I was tall and took after my father. She was more reticent and I took after him personality-wise as being more gregarious and outgoing. Interesting. So do you think that played a part in how she related to you? Definitely, I think so. She just had her limitations, be it emotionally, psychologically. I always wanted more out of life. You know, strive well in school. 
high school, college, etc. And I always wanted to do better for myself, not just education-wise, but status-wise in society. I was hungry for that. I was looking for recognition, acceptance somewhere else because it wasn't provided at home. That's understandable. And very many women seek that acceptance and validation outside, and it usually leads to trouble. But in this case, it worked out well for you. Now, your mother, was she, um, when it came to your, let's fast forward to the man you married. Tell me about him. The man I married was significantly older than I was. He was 20 years older, um, very good looking, um, substantial. Uh, He was close in age to my mother almost. And I think she viewed him as a great opportunity for me to succeed financially as far as being secure. However, that was not the case. Turned out to be smoke and mirrors with him. Hence, I abandoned the marriage in him. Did your mother appear to favor the husband, your ex-husband, for herself? I strongly believe so because she did not support me in my decision to divorce him. If anything, she was an impediment and an obstacle for my whole divorce. So I, when we talked before, you have um, mentioned your mother and said that she was an emotional cripple. How exactly do you mean that? I mean, it kind of, I just want to know your meaning of that term. It's interesting. I say that she was an emotional cripple because she had no backbone, no spine. She would crumble, you know, at a few words or something. She was overly emotional and reactive. And interesting enough, on the other side of the coin, she was an emotional cripple. My husband was a true cripple physically. He was missing a limb. And one of my dear friends told me, crippled body, crippled mind. And he definitely had a crippled mind. Wow. So when you sought to extricate yourself from the marriage and your mother was not supportive, what did she do to thwart your attempts to leave? Well, I had physically left him and sought refuge with a girlfriend and her husband. My mother and my brother, who's two years younger than I am, showed up at my girlfriend's apartment one evening at 10 o'clock unannounced. They were admitted and they demanded that I go back to my ex-husband. I could not leave him. I I thought they were only interested in their own self-interest and promotions because they assumed he was substantial financially. And I was not going to be the pawn nor the prostitute to be the pleasing child to them. My father's dead, and here's my mother and one of my brothers telling me I had to go back to my husband. That was not going to happen. Hmm. So um, in the course of the divorce, which I believe took a bit of time, didn't it? No, I filed in 83. I was divorced. I filed in fall of 83. I was divorced by March or April of 84, but it was the worst six, seven months of my life. Uh, I stopped communication with my mother entirely, but she knew my every step because she was in constant communication with my estranged husband at the time, who was a great salesman and God only knows 
what poison he fed her that she bought because she was very gullible. Again, the emotional cripple syndrome. So you have one cripple physically and the other one emotionally and mentally and they fed off one another. They were out to get me. They wanted me to fail. That's a pretty bold, brash statement to make that your mother was out to get you. Do you really feel that way? Oh, absolutely I do because every time there was an incident like going to court through divorce court, of course she didn't appear, but then when I'd leave town, she knew where I was. How did she know where I was? Through my former husband. So during the course of the divorce, your mother, or maybe not just the divorce, during the course of your life, your mother stabbed you in the back repeatedly. Definitely. I can recall even when I was living at home, going to college, which was local, I could not get along with her at all, and I had to board at the school. I mean, it was, she was just horrific. And I remember my father to this day would be driving in the car, and he'd say, whatever your mother says, just say, yeah, 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 yes, 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 just placate her. She was impossible. And I truly think that he cheated on her during the course of their marriage. He had to. She was just miserable. And she wanted to make others miserable as well. I believe so. Misery loves company. And it also sounds like your mother may have regarded you as competition. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. No question in my mind. I think she got married very young when she was 20, 21. And then she had me maybe a year or two later. So she really didn't have any life. And I don't think she had any college or education, you know, after high school. So she was simplistic in her mind and her education. I can't fault her for that, but she just was had no warmth. She had no heart, no soul. Ooh, that's brutal. Now, seeing how toxic your mother was, how did you protect yourself as you got older, meaning uh, from teenager into 20s. How did you protect yourself? I protected myself, I think, with introspect, by reading a lot and hoping that things would get better in my life. But I realized I was the only one that could impact that change. And it was up to me. Nobody else is responsible but you and yourself. And through the course of going through life and its experiences, I have learned that good support comes from true friends who are more loyal than your relatives or your siblings, or in this case, a mother. You know, your friends love you for what and who you are. You know, they don't judge you. If anything, they try to help you and give you good advice, not to sabotage you. And pull you down. Right. When did you leave home? I left home right after college. Lived on my own, always independent, always worked, never afraid of working. If anything, I worked too much. I always wanted for more and more. I wasn't happy being complacent. I will mention one thing when I went through my divorce. In 83, I went to see her and I said, look, I'm leaving him. And I had put one of the vehicles in her name for insurance purposes. And I told her, do not transfer the title over to him. Well, she did. I found out afterwards in one of my court dates, she signed the car over to him. Now, why did she sign the car over to him? Again, it stems from her being an emotional and mental cripple. He was a good salesman. He was physically 
crippled, but he was a cobra when it came to anything else. So you had both of them feeding off one another, and then she conspired with him to sabotage me any way she could. So that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I saw her in fall of 83. The last time I saw her was in 2006 in the hospital when she died. And she could not speak at that time due to a trach. Tracheotomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Due to some surgeries she had. So how did she communicate? Well, she couldn't talk, but you could see she wanted to talk. And so she had a pad and paper, and she would write things down. Well, I know you work here and, and this and that. She was still pumping me for information, still trying to get into my life. It was almost insidious. And she said, well, no, we must do lunch. I thought, lunch? After That's all you, you have to say, we'll do lunch? All she wanted to do was pump me for more information. But I always say the best revenge is looking good and holding your head up high. <coughs> Excuse me, which I did. I went in like a lady. I didn't say anything mean-spirited. You know, I felt sorry for her. I thought, all these years you've wasted, 23 years. Shame on you. I'm your only daughter. I don't care if I murdered someone. You know, death of a marriage is not a death of a human being. I was her blood. Or so I thought. <laughs> so, at the end, um, since you were her only daughter, did she keep her word and write you out of her will? Oh, I was not in her will at all. Mm -mm. No, I think she presumed she was going to get out of the hospital after this heart surgery. But unfortunately, she passed in the hospital. But I made peace with myself in that I went to see her two times, two or three times, again, because she couldn't speak. You know, and I would do the talking, and she would nod her head and smile, and then the eyes would get all teary. She'd give me that Sarah Bernhardt, and i go, oh, she hasn't changed in 23 years. The same old story, and it's not a fight for love and glory. <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. I was so embarrassed. <clears throat> I didn't even tell the gentleman I was dating at that time that she was in the hospital. and It's just too embarrassing. The people ask me about my mother. I go, oh, well, she passed. Because <laughs> who wants to explain this? No one could believe it. As we go... Toward, um, get to the end here. Is there anything that you would like to share with our sisters that um, may be in a similar situation? My only advice is don't let them pull you down. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You have to get up and keep going. Don't worry about who's behind you or who's gaining or catch. Just go ahead because people cannot stand to see you succeed and keep going. They want to drag you down. Just persevere and follow your feelings in your heart because there are good things in life, good people in life. You know, they say you can't choose your relatives. How true. But you can select your friends and your social networking where you want to be, and oftentimes that's more supportive than family. I have to give a hearty amen to that. So, I thank you so very much for sharing your story, and I say to my sisters out there, um, it is going to get better. You just have to keep hope in your heart and remember that you matter. You can reach out to me on Facebook or at damagedaughters at gmail.com. Until the next time, bye for now.
We are Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network is an Afrocentric media organization designed to express the collective interest of the black world community. From poverty to opportunity, from the south side of Chicago to Washington, D.C., from gang affiliation to a successful career, from drug dealing to being a presidential management fellow, from being arrested and charged to being converted. And sharing my story, I'm determined to be a living example of how you too can escape. The story continues. LevonThomas.com Are you tired of waking up to sleep lines on your face and cleavage wrinkles on your chest? You know, those unnecessary creases that are carved into your skin after hours of sleeping on your side or belly. Introducing the Beauty Keeper Back Sleeper, the only pillow designed to actually train you to start sleeping on your back and stay there comfortably throughout the night. Imagine you could wake up to a fresh, line-free face and chest every morning. We promise you'll see results or your money back. The Beauty Keeper Back Sleeper Pillow. Get yours today at www.mybacksleeper.com. How many black superheroes can you name? What about your children? Only Studios has been creating superheroes with you in mind since 1970. Visit OnlyStudios.com today. That's O-N-L-I-Studios.com, where you will find indie graphic arts, fine arts on canvas, superheroes, and much, much more. Are you in Chicago? View their Only Wear Wearable Art Collection on display at DuSable Museum. Go to OnlyStudios.com for more information. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you.